Welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast, a show about property, entrepreneurship, and personal development. This show is designed to give you the foundations and building blocks to move forward on your journey and live a more inspired life. Hello and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fitzgerald, and it's great to have you joining me here today. So, I hope everybody is doing really well and smashing it out there in the property world. But I get asked a lot of questions and I try and answer the questions all the time. But there's a lot of repeat ones that keep coming back to me. And particularly one of when you're taking over HMOs, do you look to take HMOs on with existing tenants or would you prefer to have the tenants removed? Uh, And my answer to that is really it's up to you. So I think a good few years back, everybody was recommending that you take the properties on empty. And I've always thought, you know, that makes a lot of sense because you then know who's in the property and you know who you're dealing with. But I think more and more, and particularly with the times that we're in at the moment, it can be very difficult to get tenants out. And I also think to a point why, you know, if they're good people, they're good tenants, why would you want to remove, you know, paying clients from from a deal? that can make you money straight away. Now, don't be blinded by the fact that you've got people in there paying money and stuff because you still need to do your due diligence on these people. So if a landlord has a fully tenanted property, cash flow, and then is looking to do a rent to rent deal, alarm bells should be sounding. I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's wrong, but you need to make sure that you do your due diligence on the tenants and what is going on in that house. Because a lot of the time, if a landlord's making maximum profit, unless they're looking at moving away and they don't want to give it to an agent, they want to work with somebody like you or anything else, there could be an underlying issue in that house. Um, And maybe tenants aren't paying, maybe they're just problem tenants. So it's very rare to take on a property fully tenanted that hasn't got one ounce of a problem. But there's ways to go around this and there's also evidence that you need to be looking for. So one of the things is you want proof of all the tenants paying monthly. And I would say you want at least six months proof that they've been paying monthly, monthly or even weekly if that's what they've been doing. But you want to see that they've been paying on a regular basis. Two, you actually want to meet the tenants and make sure the tenants are the people on the AST's with uh, the identification that they showed when they moved in. In some cases, you can actually find it so that um, tenants have moved in and maybe they disappeared and moved out and let their friend take the room on. So you just need to be careful of things like that. You need to make make sure you meet the tenants. So I always used to try and get in there and and just say, you know, I want to meet you. Um, It's just a welcome meeting, basically, for us to talk about any issues you've got, for us to basically tell you all about us, how to contact us if there's any issues, and obviously who you need to start paying your rent to. So it's a very good way of getting in there, speaking to people and making sure that everybody's on the same page. If for any reason um, the landlord won't give you sort of a record of rent payments, I would say, listen, I'll take the property on, but you need to remove these tenants uh, and I'm not going to remove them for you. I wouldn't take that on. If I put the tenant in, then yes, fair enough. But if I haven't put the tenant into that property, then it's, it's the landlord or the letting agent, whoever's going out. It's their responsibility to make sure that those tenants are removed. And if I have to wait, 
I'll wait, it's, it's not a problem. But you need to make sure that you're not get, guaranteeing yourself a headache. On the flip side to that is, what I've always tried to do is when I take on a property, if, I, if I'm not 100% sure about the tenants that are in the property or anything, then I won't guarantee the rent payment for that room or that tenant on that property until they've changed. So I will pay a guaranteed rent for the house, of course, because that's what we do. But if for any reason, any one of those tenants stops paying, and obviously they don't know about this, only you and the landlord know about this, if they stop paying for any reason, then it's not my responsibility to pay a guaranteed rent on what potentially is a problem tenant until it's the tenants that I have put into the property. I hope that makes sense. So you can negotiate and you can sort things out in a lot of different manners. I've taken properties on empty and had to fill them, and I've taken properties on with tenants. Normally, I've had a couple of bad tenants that I have taken on, but you know when you go in there and you sort of lay out the grounds, you sort of let them know that they're gonna be looked after, but you're not gonna take any nonsense. A lot of the time, the bad tenants, they just leave. So I had one, We um, he was having parties in his room, we sent him uh, a note basically saying we don't tolerate anything like that. And within two days, he cleared out his room and just left. So obviously, he'd been quite happy to get away with the bad behaviour that he'd been doing beforehand with maybe the letting agents or whoever was in charge. But as soon as somebody came in and actually let them know we're not going to put up with this, they left. I'm not saying that's something you want to put yourself through, but it's just there. There's different options to do things. But I do think that maybe having a couple of tenants that maybe are nice people, um, and obviously, as you speak to the tenants, you can say, you know, what are the other tenants like? Do you get along? Um, is there any noise? There shouldn't be any major noise. There shouldn't be any major problems. If you have got a problem, you know, you can discreetly let us know and we can monitor the situation. So there is probably a bit more work involved by taking on tenants. But I would also say, you know, you, you want that proof. Definitely want that proof that they're paying. You maybe even want to see their reference checks. If they've got the reference checks and things, you certainly want copies of the ASTs and identifications to make sure they are the people they're supposed to be. And as you take the property on, you'll get a bit of a gauge of the sort of person they are, because obviously we'll have to inspect the rooms. We'll have to do a house inspection. We need to see all the rooms on suites and everything, even if it's just to put our head in to make sure that everything is good enough for the tenants. But by doing that, you also want to be checking, is the room really scruffy? Are they really, really messy? Are they nice and clean? Do they look like a model tenant? Uh, and, and just gauge it that way. And then basically just take it off of your judgment. I always say when you're meeting people, whether it's the landlords, investors, letting agents, whoever, go with your gut. If your gut tells you there's something wrong with these people, something's not quite right, something doesn't add up, it normally doesn't. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. When I've gone with my gut, I've always been all right. When I haven't gone with my gut, I've always regretted it. So I go with my gut now and make sure that, you know, if I'm taking anything on, I'm taking it on for the right reasons and I'm making sure that I've done all my due diligence and compliances on the people around me. So I hope that sort of helps you as to whether or not to take existing HMOs on with tenants. As I say, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just about what feels right for you. And maybe looking at the circumstances that you're taking the property on in. So I hope that's been of some service to yourselves today. As always, if I'm always happy to help. If 
you need me, reach out to me on social media, uh, on all the platforms. Also, as always offered, is my free 10-stage rent-to-rent guide, which you can download, and it comes with a complete checklist for doing viewings with questions and answers that um, landlords and agents may ask you. So that's all yours. If you uh, if you need it or you want it, then download it. No strings attached. And uh, yeah, basically, it's been fantastic again having you join me. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe. If uh, if you can leave a five-star review, that would be really, really appreciated. Also, I do have the Rent to Rent Business Builder in 90 Days training program, and my students are now getting some fantastic success. They're out there negotiating deals. Uh, other ones have got deals that they've got over the line, so they're getting tenants in. And, you know, a lot of people have done that sort of thing over the last four to six weeks. So tremendous. You know, it's not down to me. I just put the tools in front of these people. These people now are going out there, are changing their lives and making deals happen. Also, don't forget to come and join us at the free Rent to Rent Business Builder Facebook group. So thank you very much again for joining me. And until next week, bye for now. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and share the podcast with others. And if you could take a minute to leave the show a review, that would really mean a lot to me as well. Lastly, why not head over to the Property Unleashed Facebook group? And if you do, I'll see you there. Take care and make sure you keep focusing on your vision. Bye for now.